Welcome back to another episode of the Leadership Download Podcast. We are back with another episode of the Leadership Download, and we have a special guest returning. We have Max Story, a previous guest on the podcast, is back, and Travis is here to interview him. Tell you a little bit about Max Story. Uh, Max Story co-founded Top Story Leadership with his wife, Rhea, to provide motivational speaking, leadership development training, coaching, and consulting. Together, they have published over 30 books on personal growth and leadership development and are often featured keynote speakers at conferences and seminars. Um, Both of them, they started a very popular brand called Blue Collar Leadership, and their passion is really to help leaders engage the front line to improve the bottom line. Blue Collar Leadership is uniquely designed content that's specifically created to engage and develop the often overlooked and underdeveloped frontline blue collar workforce and those who lead and support them. And so you can find out more if you really enjoy this episode and you want to connect with Max Story, you can go to bluecollarleadership.com and you can find all the books that they have available and really awesome content. And they, Mac also has published six books in the extremely popular Blue Collar Leadership series. So Travis and Mac Story, they have an awesome candid conversation on leadership. And so really hope you enjoy this podcast episode. As always, man, thanks so much for uh, taking time away for to join us. I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. Yes, it's a privilege to be here, Travis, and hope, hopefully I'll say something to help you, help your group, support you, help help people climb to the next level and beyond. I mean, that's what we're both passionate about doing. That's why I enjoy supporting you and, and uh, being a part of your podcast whenever you need it. Yeah, I don't think there's many times that we that I've walked away from a conversation with you that I haven't taken a couple nuggets away to to think about. So I'm looking forward to kind of a, a mentoring style conversation today as we kind of okay. go through some questions. Uh, not wanting to really focus on any book in particular because I know you've written so much content that I don't want to I don't want to limit you down to, to one particular thing. But feel free to share anything you got there. But really, the first thing I want to ask is you know it's very interesting because everybody has their own view of how they define leadership. So for our audience, how do you define leadership? Yeah, probably the same way as you, Travis. I define it. Uh, I mean, I learned it from John Maxwell. I always give him credit. And, you know, I kind of knew it naturally, but I hadn't been able to articulate it till I heard him say it. That's why it stuck. You know, I didn't have to hear him say it, but one time I didn't have to write it down. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to study it forever to memorize it and believe in it. I knew it as soon as I heard it. And then, you know, John says leadership is influence nothing more, nothing less. And, and that, that's what I, that's what everything I write about and talk about is based on that principle that leadership is influence. And, you know, I, I can't remember Travis, if you have personal faith or not, or if you care, oh, it, 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 you are. And yeah. I thought you were, but I wasn't hundred percent. You share if I care, do you care no, if I share a take ahead. on that? No, go ahead. And you, you know, cut it out if you don't want to put it in there, but <laughs> no. you, you, you might like it. I may have shared it with you before. I may not have, I don't really talk about it a lot, but, uh, when I'm talking to people of faith and I ain't never heard John say this, but he ought to be saying this when I, and you know what I tell people when we talk about leadership is influence. If you are a person of faith and even if you're not, I guess, but the, uh, that principle leadership is influence. It goes all the way back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about God could have made us follow him, like 
if you're a person of faith and again even if you're not how do all these animals know what to do you know they're just programmed they're programmed what to do they don't have to learn what to do they, they just do it and we could have been programmed like that to to have to have to follow we could have been automatic followers but that ain't the model that was established for us he he, he created that model leadership is influence basically if he can't influence to follow him he doesn't get us if he can't influence mm -hmm. someone else to influence us to follow him he doesn't get us. He'll love us all the way to hell, but we don't get to be on his team. And unless he directly or indirectly can influence us to follow him. So just from a personal standpoint, when I think about leadership as influence, I mean, it goes back to the ultimate model that was set forth for us who are, who are Christians and, and believers. But even if you're not, leadership is still influence because the person with the most influence at any given time for any given reason is the leader. And it should be dynamic, it should be on a team. It should be constantly changing because some, when you take a team of people, you got multiple, you know, different types of character. Hopefully there's lots of shared values. Sometimes there's a lot of mixed values instead of shared values. But if you got a lot of shared values, you're going to have a good foundation of character, but you still gonna have a varying mix of, of competency. So when you got a high degree of character and you got varying mix of competency, which creates a high performance team, a person of high character is going to follow the person that needs to be followed in that moment. Who's best, best equipped character and competency wise to, to lead the team. It's like a special ops team. You can't tell who the leader is, is whoever it needs to be. And it's constantly, you know, one minute you may be the leader. You may be the leader for the next 30 minutes. But mm -hmm. as soon as it's time for me to lead, you step back, I lead and everybody follows me. And it doesn't matter as long as we're on the same mission, whoever needs to lead in that moment is the leader. Mm, that's, that's so good. You know, one of the things I think it's important because I'm always I'm always curious to know I, I when when I bring up this idea of leadership as influence and in, in, in teaching, one of the things I think we've had to take it a step further because of the world we live in now with this word influencer online. So what are, what are, you kind of touched on it already a little bit, but what are some of the traits you're looking for in what you define as leadership as a leader? You mean someone I would follow or someone in general? someone you would follow well first it's got to be shared values right that's yeah uh, i mean like you talk about a lot of those influencers they got millions of followers i ain't one of them <laughs> i promise <Right>. you <laughs> i don't follow anybody on social media that i'm aware of it's got you know millions of followers just because they they got them right if i if, if i i don't even know that i do but if i were to find someone that's got millions of followers and, and i'm actually following them we're going to have a lot of shared values. They, they're going to be like a guru in the leadership development space, personal right. growth and development space. It's going to be nothing to do with, with the normal, you know, social media influencer, but relative to that, I'm looking for authenticity. I mean, there's been a lot of leadership gurus that I've been attracted to and, and followed for short periods, uh, you know, during my growth that I learned enough about them that, that I quit following them as a, yeah. you know, I still learn from them. I learn from anybody. I don't care who you are or where you've been or, or, or even if you're a terrible character person, you may drop a nugget on me that's highly valuable. I'm always mining the gold and, and dumping the dirt. You know, people mm -hmm. read my books, you'll see all kinds of people. I think all the time, the, the way the world's changing and somebody who used to be considered good, now they're considered bad and, and they use their quote. Now they got a negative deal but the quote still just as valuable you know it ain't about the person you'll see i quote atheists i quote christians i quote buddhists i quote all kind of people I, i'm quoting the nugget you know giving them credit for it 
but authenticity and integrity, humility, you know, those are, those are traits I look for. And, you know, authenticity can, can, it, it can build trust, but it also create distrust. You know, there's people who, if they're being authentic, they're going to let me know real quick. I don't want to follow them. That's another reason I value authenticity, but it could also cause me to follow them. It depends on what you've been, you know, authentic about, right? Yeah. So, so those are key points for me, but authenticity is, is a big one. I don't like, you know, I don't like people trying to fool me about who they are. Cause then as soon as you step away from authenticity, you're moving toward manipulation. I mean, that's the only reason you wouldn't be authentic. You know, like serial killer ain't running around saying, hey, I'm a serial killer because he's trying to manipulate anybody <laughs> to thinking he's a good person. You know what, I'm, what I mean? Yeah. You always got to hunt the serial killers down because they're trying to hide. You know, they're trying to, but it, serial killer is an extreme, you, you know, uh, example. But it's a lot of times to help people see this stuff that you really can't see. I like to take it to the extreme so people can, you know, quickly latch on to this stuff that's hard to see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I heard it said by, I don't know if it was John Maxwell. He, he, he was talking about his influence quote being mis, mischaracterized in, in today's times. He says, he said that having influence doesn't make you a leader, but you have to have influence to be a leader. So yeah. you can, you can have influence and still not be a leader, but if you want to be a leader, you better have the influence. Yeah. And so, what you're saying, Travis, <laughs> if I can just interject there is, is complex. Yeah right it's, it's this leadership when anybody's talking about leadership it's it's so dynamic and so complex like you got to figure out what you got to define it all before you can figure out what literally does it mean right because mm -hmm. in the most basic form like what john says is right anybody who's got influence somebody's following them they're a leader but they may not be a high impact leader they may not be a servant leader you know so then you got to categorize well, to be a servant leader, it's going to take more than just influence, right? There's a lot of mm -hmm. bad people with tons of influence, but are not a servant leader. But they are still a leader generically because people are following them. But that's stuff you're talking about there and what I just shared. That's, that's why this stuff is so hard to teach. You read 10 books, you see it 10 different ways. and You, <laughs> you got to figure out who are you, what do I value? Make sure you're authentic so you can attract those kind of people. If If you're like us, those kind of people that to be our clients we got to clearly state who we are so we got the right kind of client and mm -hmm. then if you're just an individual you know going through the world you're attracting friends and uh you need to be you know who you're going to influence as a friend who's going to influence you is going to all be based on your values character most people are not attracted based on competency it's basically based on on their character unless you're in the leadership space because then it's all the same Character, competency, there's all one big thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, as you as you step into leadership, one of the things you often you will step into is is challenges and failures. You know, what are what are some of the maybe some of the early failures that you've experienced and how did you handle it? What did you learn from it? There's a that's a we could talk three or four days <laughs> on that one. Like which one will maybe give you the most value, but you know the I can't help but, I mean, this is a generic big, big picture deal. And I can talk about little bitty tiny ones too, if you want to. Uh, but the big picture deal, my biggest failures, I didn't discover leadership development and personal growth to 20 years into my career. Mm. I mean, how bad of a failure is that? And, you know, it's easy to blame 
none of my leaders, I say it all the time and it's true. None of my leaders in 20 years ever introduced me to this kind of content that I write about and speak about that you write about and talk about, speak about and train and all that stuff. They didn't ever tell me you should read this book. 20 years, I never had a leader ever say, you should read this book, any kind of book about leadership, plenty of books about competency. You know, lean manufacturing is what I was doing on the tail end of my career. And a lot of people ref referenced competency type books relative to the job, all kinds of things, but not one single person. So, I mean, I learned and accidentally grew and stumbled. You know, that's that's a big picture one. But when I got a hold of it, I ain't never let go. I've been reading every day for 15 years now since I discovered it. So I'm trying to make up for lost time. But that was a huge failure. You know, I never even, I didn't even have an awareness to to get on Google. You know, it was 2008 when I discovered this, but I, I could have got on the internet by 2008 and done some research about leadership. I even know to look for leadership. It never mm -hmm. even heard people talk about it. All I knew about was you know, people are bosses. They call them managers and bosses. And I didn't want to be like any of them that I knew because they were all a bad example. And, you know, I learned a lot of what not to do as far as a, you know, the personal, personal challenge, you know, at home was me being just a bad example for my son. You know, when he started drinking, I mean, when he turned 13, I didn't, I didn't have the talk with him about, you don't need to drink alcohol. I mean, I did have that talk. I didn't tell him you need to start, be a cool teenager, start drinking alcohol. I didn't tell him all that. I told him not to and why he shouldn't and mistakes that I had made. But but when he went to the refrigerator and opened up his, uh, opened the refrigerator to, to get something out of there to drink Coke, soda, tea, whatever, he saw a big drawer full of beer at the bottom of the refrigerator every time. And then when he had opened his closet to get a towel to take a shower or a bath, that's where I had two shelves in there full of all kinds of liquor and rum and whiskey and all that kind of stuff. And and uh, so I was being pretty two-faced parent, you know, when you talk about the personal failure as a leader and a lot of people don't talk about leadership at home, but I, I mean, I, that my son hated me from 15 to 19. I mean, I, I failed that leadership role pathetically. I mean, sometimes when I'm teaching and speaking, when I really go into depth sharing that story, I just told you a little bit deeper. I mean, I get shook up. I had pause, man. I can't talk because, because I'll ask the audience, do you think I was that bad of a dad that I, told my teenager he needed to start drinking alcohol and start partying. They're like, no, you wasn't that bad. Cause I have already, you know, told them some bad stories. I say, no, I was worse. I was far worse than a dad that, that, that did that. I was a two-faced dad. I gave him the good talk. And then I went and did, you know, right the opposite. So, mm. you know, I, I, I don't know how many failures you want to hear. I took you to the big one. I took you to the most, you know, a personal one at home, but but I was able to rebuild that relationship two years after reading every day. I was able to rebuild that relationship with him, but that was just one little tiny story out of the first 15 years of his life where I, I was a bad role model and, and, you know, big, big failures in leadership come from being a bad role model. I think, you know, and people don't realize the impact of trust that has on personal and professional relationship. That's why yeah. I focus, you know, I ain't drank alcohol since 2012. So I'm 11 years into that now. I figured that one out finally. It took me four years of working on me to figure out that matters to people out there. Some people don't care, but some people care a lot if, if I drink alcohol. So I pull the plug on that one. But people who do drink alcohol don't care if I don't, as long as I don't judge them for doing it. And I don't do that. So now I can get both groups. I can get the people who drink and the people who don't and have a you know a high value relationship with both of them. Wow. Wow. That's, that's just, there's so much there. There's so much there. Parenting, 
parenting lessons, uh, business lessons, you know, one of the things just to go back to when you were talking about lean, lean management, I, uh, I was having a conversation with, with a friend of mine who, who used to do lean style management. And he was kind of explaining to me the process of going through, I guess, one of their events, the events they used to do. And, um, and he was, he said there was a lot of flaws in the system. And as I started listening to him, I said, yeah, there was a, there is a flaw in it. It's like, you're missing the leadership development piece of, of lean management. Lean management's a great thing, but if you, you pair it, and that's really what you've become is you've just paired it together and, and utilizing both because you, you can have great processes, but if you don't have no character, you have no values, you're not going to attract the right people to run those processes for you. So, and, uh, Man, having three children of my own, I just think about that, you know, being an example. They, your kids are paying a lot more attention than you think they are. Well, they're paying attention. They're paying yeah. a lot of attention. That's why a lot of parents end up with teenagers don't want to talk to them. Because yeah. they figure out they got a bad role model. And so they go out and get their influence somewhere else and they get their leadership somewhere else. And that's, I mean, that's a big regret from my life that, you know, I only got one kid. I only ever wanted one, but uh, that was a, uh, I mean, I, that's one reason I'm passionate about introducing this to people, especially if they either got no kids yet or young kids, because they, they can, they can make a lot of headway with, with their children that, that I didn't make with my own. And it's like, I, it's just, a, you know, mine and Eric's relationships fine now. And it, he, you know, he come work with me for like three years after I was able to rebuild that relationship while I was doing lean manufacturing, he was you know, working with me all the time. Although he wasn't with me, he was doing his own thing, but he was doing the same thing as me, you know, under my umbrella. And so uh, anyway, I, I do want to touch on what you just said though, because I just got off interview before yours. I was on another one a, a couple hours ago before I got on with you. And it was for the uh, uh, Lean Construction Institute. They're doing a LCI Congress in Detroit. They'll have about 1500 lean construction professionals and business owners and leaders and they were doing an interview with me, uh, the person who's going to write a blog. So she was just getting some content, you know, for her blog by interviewing me, getting some quotes and that sort of stuff. And, and she wanted to know what, what the theme of my talk was going to be. I'm talking about blue collar Kaizen leading lean and lean teams, what you were just touching on. Yeah. And I told her the, the, the theme's going to be the missing link. It's people development. It's the root yeah. cause. Everybody in lean talks about, get to the root cause of all the waste and all the problems and all the, everything's about root cause, but they don't get to the root cause of why lean is not sustainable. And then why it's so hard to generate buy-in. Those are the two greatest challenges with lean is generating buy-in to process improvement. And then, and, uh, sustaining the gain once you get it, you know, once the consultant leaves or once the team's done with their mission and then everybody goes back to work, keeping it, you know, maintaining the gain and not letting it drift back to where it came from. So you're hundred percent right, Travis. That's why I like you, man. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, it's the missing link, but, but really see it ain't missing. People just, they, you know, it's, it's weird to say that for most people, it's a missing link because they focus, you know, lean's got, I don't teach it this way, but the, the world knows lean has two pillars, continuous improvement and respect for the people. And I teach it as two layers respect for the people on the bottom and continuous improvement on the top till mm -hmm. you got this foundational layer. You don't, you don't get to continuous improvement. So the way that I see it, I, I'm still doing lean hundred percent. Cause all I'm focusing on is respect for the people. Cause I teach that development of the people is the ultimate respect for the people, but most lean folks, they think respect for the people means 
use them on the event and listen to to their ideas and give them a turkey at Thanksgiving and give them a pat on the back and ask respect for the people. That, that That's a degree of respect. But to me, the highest degree of respect is to grow and develop people so that they can have a better life at home and at work or in another yeah. company, if that's the case. Doesn't make any difference. I'm on your team because I want to help you have a better life. And that was what I brought to the table as a lean consultant. Yeah, man, that's that's so good. So kind of moving on, you know, one of the things, this is one of the questions I was actually quite excited to ask you was, you know, you've, you've had to make some very uh, major changes in your life. Some of them you've already mentioned, and you've had some radical, I would say tough decisions to make. You know, if, I, if, I, if you were to try to kind of walk us through how you make a decision in today's world, what factors do you ultimately kind of allow to play into your decision maker? What are you considering when you're making decisions? To be, how do you make good decisions? Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you what I think is my answer. And if that ain't it, you can ask me another question because <laughs> you, you know me probably good enough. I can't hardly just. I mean, I have to teach a lesson and tell a story. So I'm going to try to teach the lesson part. And if you want a kind of story around it or example, I'll give you that. But because a lot of people, it's, it's real simple. You know, I always talk about, it ain't simple if you don't know though, right? Yeah. Calculus simple if you know how to do it, but I don't know how to do it. So it ain't simple to me. <laughs> uh, but so first thing you got to know, and it doesn't matter. This is a general, you know, I teach and speak on principles. So what I'm about to tell you, it applies to the smallest thing in your life or to the largest thing in your life. Doesn't make any difference. But relatively speaking, I got to know who I am and where I am, you know, in general, whatever that means to me, not what it means to somebody else, but just who am I and where am I? Get a good feel of that. Most people don't even reflect on that very often to even have a good answer for that, literally. And then I need to know where do I want to go and where do I, and who do I want to be? And, and that could be who I am and where I am is that's, that's kind of fixed. That, mm -hmm. That's who I am and where I am. But who do I want to be and, and where do I want to go? That's where it could branch out at 50, 60, 100 thousand different ways right it could be as a parent it could be professionally it could be relative to anything in my life but once i've answered the bottom two questions and the top two questions who am i where am i who do i want to be where do i want to be there's a question in the middle that i use i use it subconsciously i use it non-stop i use it without even you know i don't even think about it i just do it all the time and that question is will what i'm about to do move me in the right direction but it's relative to the, the top two answers and, and the bottom two. Where am I? Who am I? Where do I want to go? Where do I want to be? Will what I'm about to do move me in the right direction? Like I shared earlier, I quit drinking alcohol. Would that move me in the right direction? It depends. If I want to keep partying with my friends and I stop, it's going to move me in the wrong direction. If, if, if I want to develop influence with people who have such a high degree of character that they wouldn't want my influence because I drink alcohol, then I need to stop right? It's, it's all those kind of questions. I mean, all those kind of directions, that one question, you know, like speaking with you today, you reached out a while back one, or I reached out to you. I can't remember how, how we got back to another podcast episode, mm -hmm. but, but most people reach out to me and, you know, I, I knew you, so I didn't have to do this, but most people, I want to go look at their profile, see who they are, See how a lot of them, if I don't know them, I want to listen to their podcast. Is it really salesy and marketing? If it's too salesy and marketing, I'll, I'll say no, because I don't like being associated with too much of that. And so 
but it's that same question. You know, we're, we're talking to you today, move me in the right direction. It will for a lot of reasons. Number one reason is I want to help you. I know you. I care about yeah. you as a person. I know who you are. I, I know you need to be successful. You, the world needs people like us to be successful, not to make a lot of money. That ain't what I'm talking about. We'll make plenty of money if, if we're successful at doing what we ought to do, which is helping people genuinely have a better life. And I ask that question, you know, if it's if my mom wants me to do something, depends on what I got going on. Do I want a better relationship with my mom? Do I want to show her that she matters in my life no matter how busy I am? If she asked me to do something, will that move me in the right direction? If I say yes or will I know? Or, or will, you know, yes or no, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it applies to everything. Uh, even where we speak. I, I turned down quite a few people that, that want me to come speak because we're not aligned with their mission. A lot of them want me to do video type stuff. And I do a little tiny bit, but I don't do much because I want to generate positive word of mouth advertisement as much as possible. And I know I ain't going to get the same kind of advertisement from the audience that watches me on a video versus sees me in a room. It's just different. We all know that it's different. You know, it's like watching a rock concert on YouTube versus going and get in, in a room where it's going on up on the <laughs> stage, right? They ain't yeah. the same. Same music, same people, same band, but the experience ain't the same. And it's the same way with with speaking. You know, I don't get to walk around at break and shake hands and pat people on, on the shoulder and interact with them when I'm on a video. It's Sometimes I'm talking to a black screen for two hours. I don't even get to see anybody. And right. I don't do that very, very seldom will I do that, but... You know, that's the ultimate question. Will what I'm about to do move me in the right direction? But that assumes I know where I want to go. If I don't know, you know, if I if, if the answer is yes and I do it, I'm going to close what I call the success gap. I'm going to get closer to being where I want to be and being who I want to be. If the answer is yes and I do it. If the answer is no and I do it, best case is I keep the gap the same, but I could widen the gap and get farther away from what it is I want to achieve. Is, is that the kind of answer you're looking for? No, it is. It is. It is. And it's just, it's just kind of curious to everything basically goes back to, you know, where you want to go by knowing your values, you know, those are some of your parameters, your values, the direction you're moving in. You know, you can't, if you, 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 you can't go, I can't go to Atlanta today if I'm driving North, you know, so I got to set intentions and I move in that direction. So every decision is going through this idea of, is this going to set me closer to where I want to go or take me further away? And that's, that's how it's a, it's an easy way to filter decision-making. And uh, yep. I, think- I mean, it's like, you know, people, people who do what we do and want to do what we're doing, you know, some people want to do this and they're not being very successful, but they're going to watch, they're going to watch Netflix for three hours tonight. They're going to watch some TV that don't make any difference whatsoever. Instead of going and writing a blog or starting a podcast, you know, all these things they could do nothing wrong with recreation and relaxation and that sort of stuff. But if you understand what I just taught a second ago, you asking that question about everything, you know, I'm a, I'm on, I'm on scan social media for 30 minutes. Okay. You can do that. Is that going to move you in the right direction? It depends. If, if you, if you scanning and reading stuff from people like us who share stuff, that's a, that's phenomenal value. I do that quite often. I don't really scan it, but when I open it up, if there's something there, I follow and people follow me who are leaders and, yeah. and I read it. I don't really scan social media. I don't get on there to read. I get on there to put stuff out. But there are a lot of people who get on there to read and study. That's why I put stuff out on social yeah, media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those people are not wasting time on social media. It's no different than they go pick up a book and read it. 
And then they can also interact. You can't interact with a book, but you can write some stuff. Maybe you read something, it motivates and inspires you to, to write something on your own uh, LinkedIn page or whatever social pro social media you use. So it, it just depends. Like recreation is not bad. We need recreation. We need relaxation. Mm -hmm. But if you're overdoing it, you got to ask yourself, will what I'm about to do move me in the right direction? You know, if I'm going to sleep six hours tonight or 12, I may have to sleep six so I can get up and do something for two hours going to move me in the right direction. Or I can say, well, I'm just going to sleep till I wake up. And I sleep 12 hours and you ain't going forward. You're going backwards. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you, you, you're really, it's really a simplistic thing, but it's, I think it's a very hard thing. Because the other piece of that is now you're moving towards the discipline of staying disciplined to uh, a committed process of, of, of keeping your, keeping the guardrails up and, and knowing where you're at at all times, you know, kind of moving along a little bit here. I, I'm really um, interested to know your leadership styles obviously evolved and you've really kind of talked about that a lot already through this, uh, so through our time together so far. So I'm really, I'm really interested more to ask you, you know, you've got Max Story 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. You, you keep recreating yourself and making yourself better. You know, if, if you're looking at your leadership style now, what's that next step for you as a leader? If you were to, if you're saying, okay, what are you, what are you, what filter are you using your, make your decisions through? What's that next step you think you're trying to get to as a leader? What do you mean by next step, Travis, literally? Like, I mean, so you, you've recre recreated yourself. If, if there was a better version of Max Story coming in the future, what do you think that looks like for you right now? Just I'm curious you personally. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm living it. Like you say, I'm always doing it. Yeah. You know, I quit drinking alcohol in 2012. That was something in 2012. 2018, I stopped drinking sodas. You know, I drank nothing against people who drank alcohol or sodas. But as far as me, you know, that was just another step health-wise, you know, personal development to to be a good model. And I, I uh, hadn't had, I mean, I drank water and raw fruit and vegetable juices since 2018. And, and, uh, you know, about this time last year, I think it was May last year, I'm 53 years old and my cholesterol was getting up. My blood pressure was getting up and I don't like to take medicines. I mean, I will if I need to, but I don't like byproducts, you know, of medicines. Yeah. Especially when you start taking multiple medicines and we're all individually unique. One medicine doesn't even work the same on 10 different people. It can work 10 different ways. And then you mix it with 10 different medicines, you, you know, all kind of things. So I just, health wise, I don't want medicine. So I was talking to Rhea, you know, she's very into health, runs marathons and, and eats perfect and all that <laughs> stuff. And I said, I don't want to take these medicines. He's telling me I need to take medicines. Blood pressure is high, cholesterol is high. And he'd been telling me for a few years, but now he's telling me like, it's time to do something about it now. Cause you ain't done nothing yet. <laughs> and so, mm -hmm. and so I said, what I, what I have to do, Rhea, he's like, you, you got to cut out animal proteins and, you know, meat. And I eat meat three times a day, my entire life. <laughs> yeah. I ain't got nothing against eating meat. I, I don't know. And I ain't never really been a vegetable eater. And I don't even care if uh, up until lately I hadn't cared if they even had a vegetable to eat. I, I I'm a meat eater. And and so uh, I tried it though. Last year I tried it and I went three months. I mean, I went cold turkey. Hardest thing I ever did. And I mean, we didn't I didn't have milk, I didn't have eggs, I didn't have a cracker that had milk in you know, I didn't have nothing to do with animal protein. And Within three months, 
my blood pressure was below 120 over 80. Had never been that in like last three or four, five years. And then uh, five, five, did I say three months? Yeah. I meant three weeks. It was oh, three wow. weeks. <laughs> three weeks it went down, you know, and got down below, you know, what you should be at. And in five weeks, my cholesterol was down from like 270 to 190, you know, with, with no medicine. Then I had a herniated disc, had to take all kinds of medicine, messed up everything. I mean, cause that'll raise, it messes with your liver, these medicines oh, and yeah. all that. And so then everything got all out of whack, but I'm on a three week spell or three month spell right now. I've been just cutting out the meat. I ain't worried about, you know, like something with cheese in it or whatever. I ain't worried about that, but that's, I ain't did any milk or, or any eggs and no meat. And it's hard, man. It's so hard, but I'm trying to reset it and see if it doesn't work this time, I'm gonna have to take the cholesterol pill. My blood pressure's still been fine since I got, got it back squared away, but that's, that's just one example. I mean, that's the current example, you know, up, up until a year ago, I ain't never really cared what I ate. I didn't have to, I always tell everybody, you get a free ride up to a certain age, then you got to pay the price. <laughs> <laughs> and my free ride lasted, you know, I was in my fifties. Some people free ride ends at the thirties or forties. And some people live a whole life and can eat what they want. And they never have to take yeah. medicine. You know, we're all different. We all got different genes, different, different environmental, we've got all kinds of different stuff. And we just, had to figure out individually, what do we want to do? So that's, you know, I share the story just like I'm sharing it with you because it's a personal discipline. You know, I could have easily took the medicine, yeah, but I didn't want the medicine. But what drove me to really not take the medicine and to, to do what I'm doing now was to role model for the people that I lead to, if I take the medicine, it's going to be after I've been working on this for a year. You know, I've been, I average six miles a day now walking and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I mow my own grass. It takes me two hours, walk about six miles just to mow my grass with a push mower. My neighbors probably think this joke is broke. Why ain't you got a zero <laughs> turn more? Because I don't want one. That's why <laughs> I, I want to walk and, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. So that's, it's the personal stuff is, I mean, that's where I'm challenged the most, like all of us. You, yeah. We all got our own thing. Some people are challenged to read every day. Like I do, you know, I've been doing it 15 years, but some people, you know, this it's a health thing. Some people, it's a, a temper thing like I used to have. I, you know, like, you know, I've overcome a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. I've rebuilt myself. I've rescripted myself. And, you know, there's people I, meet, I may meet one day that, I mean, I've already met them. My neighbor's one of them. My, my journey of my health, he was diabetic for like 30 years, taking three insulin injections a day for 30 years. I got him to start and try raw fruit and vegetable juice. He did that stuff for, I think three or six months. He did it. He had three 16 ounce raw fruit, vegetable juice drinks a day. That was all he had put in his body was those three things each day. After one day, Travis, 24 hours, that man has never took another injection. Wow. Never took another insulin injection after only 24 hours. It doesn't mean that's going to happen to everybody, but his body was ready to fix itself if he gave it the right stuff and quit giving it the bad stuff. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And he almost couldn't walk and he had already lost a toe from di diabetes and, and he, he had lots of problems. He, he'd probably be dead today if he wouldn't have done that, but doing that gave him, he's starting to go downhill a little bit. Now he had a lot of neuropathy and nerve damage because of his diabetes, but he, he got, he got at least two, three years of, 
of good life that he wouldn't have got out. He would have been dead a long time ago. He was really, really close already. So, you know, that's an example of how me leading myself well allowed me to inspire my neighbor. And, you know, he, he can tell you all about all kind of stuff. He gets on YouTube now and not watches junk. He gets on there and watches doctor type stuff. Yeah. Health stuff and food stuff. And anyway, that's, that's my answer. Doesn't mean it's everybody's answer, but that's mine at the moment. I love that because it's a, it's a unique answer. It's a very unique answer. It's not, it's not, you know, some scripted business answer. It's what's happening in, in your life right now. So you're saying that this, this stage of your life, it's now about taking care of your health and getting things under control as you move forward. Cause you, as you know, if we're not healthy, we're not, we're not able to lead at our, at our, at our maximum capacity. And I don't want to retire. I won't keep going as long as I can. So I got to try to be healthy, you know, That's and- right. I love my wife. I like my wife. I want to be around for her and, you know, my child and any of my fans. I just used to, it wouldn't matter if I die, I just die, I'd be gone. But there's a lot of people out there that, you know, I help today and, and it's a little bit selfish, but uh, it's a lot selfish. That's why I do what I do is to help other people. You know, some people say you can't be selfish as a leader. You better be selfish if you're a leader, if you're a servant <laughs> level leader, because servant want to serve other people. Jesus, Jesus was selfish. He wanted us on his team. His whole mission was to get us on his team. That's pretty selfish, but it's, it ain't about being selfish. It's about how you're being while you're being selfish. Yeah. Right. He was being selfish with the intent to help all of us. That's, that's the reason I'm being selfish. You charging my, you let me charge my battery today. I appreciate it. You, you got your jumper cables hooked to me, charging me up today by having this talk with me. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and we got to take care of ourselves because we can't give what we don't have. Right. Yep. And that's, that's what it's all about. So let's change gears real quick. And we got, I got a couple more things. Um, you know, one of the things that as a leader that I probably struggle with the most, especially in my first couple of management roles was when we'd start talking about resistance, when you're trying to introduce, uh, maybe there's an HR policy that that's not going over well, or, or, you know, maybe there's a, a new law or, you know, in, in the worlds we come from, you know, there's there's regulation that comes down that now you got to wear gloves, whether you like it or not. Uh, you know, how have you, how did you learn to lead through resistance and how do you teach others to to be, to lead at teams through resistance today? Yeah, very few people do it the way that I do it and they don't get the results that I got either because they don't do it, but you know, when I was leading lean teams, I shared with you, you know, I log 11,000 hours between 05 and 2012. Every Monday I get a new team of people, six to 10 people. The whole point was to lead them through change. And most yeah. of those people didn't like me. <laughs> they didn't like each other. They didn't like the boss. They don't like change. They didn't want to change anything because to them, everything's working fine. Why we got to change it. They just trying to make us work harder. You know, all the same stuff everybody always says. And But what I did, I call it priming the pump. Every time I'd lead an event, whether it was one day or five days, mine were always pretty much five days. 20% of my time during that week was focusing on mindset development, personal development of the team. The first four hours on Monday, we didn't talk anything about lean, no lean tools, no what are we got, what are we about to go do? Nothing about the current process. I just started teaching them back in those days, I hadn't written any books. So I was teaching them seven habit type stuff. I actually got the companies to buy the seven habit books for the people to buy seven habit audios, to buy seven habit videos. So I could share about it with integrity. All I was doing was playing a video they had bought, you know, for their team. So it, 
what I was really doing was interpreting what that meant to me and to us. I was more of an interpreter of, of his content. They bought it and I interpreted it into, you know, lean and that kind of stuff. So I do four hours on Monday. I do one hour, one hour, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning, call it priming the pump, getting them ready. Mm. But all it is is people development. You know, Rhea and I have a book called Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. Any leader that understands what's in that book, they ought to be priming the pump of their people because it don't matter how much change they're currently in or not in, change is coming. It's constant. It's, Dr. Covey always taught there's three, three constants, change, choice, and principles. They're going to always be change. We're going to always have a choice, and they're going to always be timeless principles, you know, is what, what he taught. So, you know, it's kind of like, Rhea teaches about, you know, you hear the term PTS, post-traumatic stress, yeah. and then you're having to try to deal with it, you know, after, after the fact. But she says, uh, you know, you can, you can de develop why you're going through the stress, but what she really likes is, is pre, uh, you know, pre-traumatic growth. She ain't calling it stress, but grow and develop yourself so before the stress comes, you better able to, to manage it. And that's what all this leadership does for people. So if you teach people about change and you do it in the context, like we talk about it, you know, influence, everything we talk about is about influence. So when we talk about change, I'll give you an example in that book. Let's say me and you are on the same team in our company. Mm -hmm. Let, let's say you, you, let's say you're a new guy. You just come in, you've been working at a great company. They took you through some change development. And, and I know about our book. So let's say they took you through change happens and you learned all about what's in that book and you mm -hmm. learned how to apply it and, and you know, everybody there went through it. Then you come to our company and you were motivated to come to our company, not cause we're great at that, but our, our leaders told you in the interview that we're going through cultural transformation. That's the only reason you came because you want to help. Cause if you didn't want to help and they wasn't going through it, you don't want no part of who we are current state. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you come in a couple of weeks from now, a month from now, we're on a Kaizen event, continuous improvement, you know, a focus on change, process improvement. That's our mission. They brought in a consultant. Me and you are two people out of 10 on the team. And I come in there and I'm moaning, groaning, and whining because I don't like change and blah, 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 and all this stuff. You walk in shining, right? Matt comes in whining. Travis comes in shining. Who you think, if I didn't say nothing else about anything, which one of us you think would have the most influence with that consultant, the shiner or the whiner? Definitely the shiner. Which one of us would have the most influence with the leader who paid for the consultant to come in to make this improvement? The shiner. Yeah. Because the consultant's going to say, hey, that Travis, man, he's ready to go. A lot of people don't hear those talks, but leaders, consultants, whoever's leading the team, they're talking to the other leaders about who the shiners are. And they're also talking about who the whiners are, right? But yeah. the whiner is pretty easy to see because they whine everywhere. They whine in the break room. They whine at, at the football game on Friday night with the kids and the coworkers. They they whine at the bar. They whine everywhere they go. And and shiners, they ain't real loud. A lot of times they just shining. You know, unless you look at the light shining, you don't see it. You got to look at it. But you can hear the whiners. They can be around the corner. You don't even know they they out there, but you can hear them. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. So the answer to the question though is to to develop people, help them understand how change can be leveraged to increase your influence. Like me, when I was growing up th through the ranks in manufacturing, I'd never been taught this stuff, but I always loved change. So it was easy for me to shine. Whenever there was change, I was always wanting to be, you know, pick me, let me be a part of it. And I helped the leaders 
implement the change. So I developed a ton of influence with the leaders. The other people who were resisting change, they lost all their influence because the leaders trying to move the organization forward. The shiners are helping move it forward. The whiners are trying to hold it back. And we always went forward in spite of the, 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 the whiners. Mm. So shine, don't whine if y'all listening out there. <laughs> I don't whine. I love it. I love it. So, you know, you talk a lot about and you're, you know, for yourself and for others, you know, there's that we should always be in a state of learning and and growing. Obviously, you've shared about reading books. um, And obviously, I'm going to ask you in a few minutes here, you know, what books have you come across recently? But uh, what other ways are you growing yourself right now? I mean, obviously, reading is one of them. What, What else are you doing to grow yourself? I mean, I write a lot. I started a LinkedIn newsletter, so I put them out, you know, every week, and uh, I write posts every day. Since 2011, I put out one or two posts every day on LinkedIn and other social media. I always talk about LinkedIn because that's that's the only one I really care about. The other ones I just copy and paste. Yeah. So writing writing is one way. Doing this right here with you right now is how it's what keeps me fresh. Is it's one reason I talk to people all the time. Uh, you know, I don't. Somebody asked me. I was talking to the other day, and they's like you know, what leadership person out there, you know, motivating you in this moment? And really it's none of them. <laughs> I used to would say Covey and John Maxwell and Les Brown. And, you know, when I was in that phase of my life where I needed motivating, I needed right. to be around these people. I needed to watch their podcasts. I needed to listen to them on, you know, watch their videos. I needed, I needed what I've tried to do for others. Now I needed them doing it for me. Right. Right. And, and, and they were surprised by that answer. Well, they said, well, where do you get your motivation and inspiration from? And whoever that was I was talking to, I said, today I get it from you. <laughs> I need I need regular folks who need help to charge my battery like I shared with you earlier. You can tell right now I get motivated talking about it. I, oh, yeah. I get motivated. This stuff, this is where I get my motivation. I don't, I don't watch videos. You know, I watched them for years and years. I, I watched videos. I listened to audios. But, you know, a lot of my reading now is I'm reading snippets. When I do get on LinkedIn, or if I find like what I really like to find is a good CEO at the moment who is leading and using LinkedIn to show who his company is, to build his brand, that we're doing servant leadership and all that kind of stuff. And when I find those, I hit the little bell. So I get notified when they share. They'll share videos. They'll share pictures. They'll share real world leadership like I'm trying to get people to lead at that level. So that's you know, I'm reading snippets from them, but I ain't scrolling. I ain't scrolling link, you know, social media. I'm getting notified because I clicked the bell said, let me know every time this person shares something. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I ain't even reading near as many books as I used to. Cause I, you know, I've shifted. I've still read every day, but it ain't not always necessarily a, a book. A lot of it, it, it could be a post or a newsletter or, or, or that kind of stuff today. Used to, I was reading so many books cause I was following you know, that guy, like John, I read so many of John's books, so many of Covey's books. I read so many of Napoleon Hill's books and, and all that kind of stuff. That's, that was a, like you said, I'm always growing and transitioning. And and now I'm learning the most from real people, not the experts, but from real people who are applying the stuff you and I talk about. Good stuff. Good stuff. So as we kind of wrap up, I got a little bit like a rapid fire uh, kind of fun (laughs) questions. Um, that I always like to ask, um, you know, people just, just to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so first question is what's a uh, bucket list 
bucket list item for you at this moment? Actually, we touched on it earlier. It's uh, actually to go to Scotland, to Edin- Edinburgh, Scotland. Okay. And, you know, we're taking my mom over to, to London to see my nephew for a week. And we're going we're gonna to get up, we're going to get on a train and go up to Edinburgh while we're there to see Scotland. Right. I don't know why. It's just always been, I love those old buildings, man. And I just want to go see that. That's awesome. So that's awesome. a couple of weeks. We're going to check that one off. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, dead or alive, who would you want to have lunch with? Well, it'd have to be Jesus, man, if we can say anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and and to me, I mean, I became a Christian in 2012, so I was agnostic most of my life. But even before I became a Christian, I still would have wanted to talk to Jesus first. Absolutely. Because he's, a, I mean, we talk about leadership, his influence. I mean, I don't know anybody that's had that much influence, you know, as a human, you know, in the human form on the earth that had that much influence, you know, that long and it's still going and it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you mentioned you don't read as many books as you used to, but have you came across any books recently that are worth mentioning? Uh, I, I really hate to say it, but not, not really. I, I got three or four that I've been reading, but the, the problem is like you touched on earlier, it, a, a lot of them are, you know, it's just repeat. The principles are a repeat. So yeah. And that's what I'm looking for, our principles. You know, I'm looking, I'm, I love the stories. You know, I, I like stories. I'm reading a book right now called uh, Semper Fi. It, it's, it's the one I'm reading the most. I got several I'm reading, but that's the one I'm reading the most. And it was written by some uh, Marine officers back in the 90s. And a lot of it, I don't like it because it's management type stuff. But I don't mind that. I can filter through the management and look for the leadership nuggets. And, uh, but a lot of people, like, I don't like to refer like people who don't read a lot of leadership books, they don't need to read that book because the leadership book is talking about management. Like, like Jack, a lot of Jack Welch's books. Yeah. Talk about management and call it leadership, but you gotta, unless you have a high degree of understanding about leadership, you really need to be reading character-based leadership, like John Maxwell, Stephen Covey, like my books, like stuff you talk about. Uh, When you get out into the CEO type person who's written a book, you, you better be careful. If you want to learn how to be a high impact leader, nothing wrong, you know, good to great is uh, I I read it years and years ago, but a lot of people talk about that book, but it's uh, usually when I hear them talking about it, they talk about the management stuff out of that book. That book is full of management stuff. It's got some leadership stuff in it, but you got to be good to be able to, to, to separate it. People who are just learning, they read that book. They think it's all leadership and, and it ain't. So you know, that's, that's a challenge for me today is, 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 is finding a good book. I would say, uh, I can't even remember the name of it now. Uh, and the last guy I've been sharing quotes from this guy, his name, last name was Fluckiger, F-L-U-C-K-I-G-E-R, but it was a book. I think he wrote it in 62. It was a little bitty book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, somebody Rhea's friend shared a quote out of it. She shared it with me. And I was like, where'd that come from? Cause it was one of those nuggets. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I went and I'm going to look it up right here. I, I got a, got it in my, in my quote. Uh, at least I can get his name, but I was, I was, uh, when I read that little book, I mean, it was, it was full of I got so many nuggets. I ain't read a book in so long that I got so many nuggets out of that book. His name was Wilford W I L F O R D Fluckinger. That's a weird last name, but, yeah. but I, I still don't know the name of the book, but that's his name. 
just a little book. You know, I'd recommend it's got a little bit of management in it, but it's mostly some good leadership nuggets. But I mean, I load it up with that thing. A lot of times I'll read a whole book now, get only one or two or three quotes. Not because there's not a lot of good stuff in it, but I've already got that stuff from yeah. 15 years of reading. You know, you, you get a lot of, you cover a lot of material, a lot of ground in 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. So before we wrap up, how can people engage your newsletters? I, I get your newsletter. I get your, you know, your podcast, all those things. Can you share how people can kind of engage in your content? Yeah, uh, my website, my primary website, the one most people follow is bluecollarleadership.com. Lot, lots of content there just to learn about. We, My wife and I got 34 books. Her name's Rhea Story, R-I-A-S-T-O-R-Y. And mine's uh, name's Mac Story, M-A-C-K-S-T-O-R-R-Y. But uh, LinkedIn does have a, a, both of us have a newsletter. Like you said, you can subscribe to that newsletter. Mine are usually uh, five to 700 words, usually around five or 600. You can read them in, you know, five, six minutes. I usually include a podcast relates to my newsletter within the newsletter. Uh, and, and my podcast is Blue Collar Leadership. It's on most platforms. I've got a three, I just recorded yesterday, the 350th episode. Wow. A lot of my, my books are are out there. and. And uh, on my podcast, a series, and you may be familiar with that. Oh, yeah. uh, the listeners may not, but you can go out and find a lot of different series of, of my books. My cell phone number and my web uh, email address is at the top of my bluecollarleadership.com web, website. My phone number, 334-728-4143. Some people ask me, Travis, why don't you give your phone number out so much? Like, I want somebody to call me. That's why. <laughs> Love like it. why you put it on in podcast why you put it everywhere it's everywhere you go you see it i was like hardly anybody calls anyway because i put it out there i, I talk to a lot of people that i meet through linkedin but anybody's welcome to call if they want to talk about personal growth leadership development i tell people i'm always open but i ain't always available like right now i'm wide open but i ain't available ain't That's nobody right. getting me while i'm talking to you right i'm That's open right. but i ain't available <laughs> Well, Mac, thank you so much for joining us again for the podcast. As always, it's a, it's been it's been great. All right, sir. Thank you, Travis. Keep climbing, man. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode with Mac Story and Travis, and that it added value to your leadership wherever you're at. Again, if you want to connect with Mac Story and the work that he's doing, you can go to his website, bluecollarleadership.com. Uh, thank you for so much for all your support. And if you really enjoyed this podcast episode, feel free to give us a rating on whichever podcast platform that you're listening to. And also, if you want to send us an email, info at tcadvisorygroup.com. Uh, we would love to hear your feedback or some content that you want to see in the future. And also, if you want to check out some of the work that Travis and I are involved with, uh, you can check out our website, tcadvisorygroup.com. We have uh, on-demand courses available, some training available, and also some customized leadership training and coaching. Thank you so much for tuning in on this week's episode of the Leadership Download Podcast. Feel free to connect with us on social media, on every any social media platform. Just search for the Leadership Download Podcast. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope we were able to add value in your leadership wherever you're at.